Hello friends, and welcome to Anything Goes. I'm your host, Joseph Guzman, and to those of you new, welcome to the show, welcome to the Anything Goes family. Let's jump into today's episode, shall we? Hey friends, welcome back to Anything Goes. To do a little recap of what we're continuing on today, we want, I wanted to look at just kind of a list of the eight things I mentioned last episode in regard to vague and non-committal uh, communication. So in the last episode, we mentioned about being specific in your offers of help, uh, not forcing your help on those people that uh, may be seeking it, only offering help that you can actually give. In other words, do what you say you're going to do. <laughs> uh, don't assume that you know what's best for those people. Uh, follow what they say they need. Remember that small, thoughtful gestures can go a long way. Be someone that that person can count on, someone that they can trust. Listen more than you talk and help them to see a brighter future. So that's kind of where we, we left off, and that's where we're going to be picking up for this episode. And in this episode, as I mentioned last time, we're going to be talking about five uh, really excellent examples of vague and non-committal answers, and kind of parsing through that so that we can kind of get some understanding about why it's important to be more particular on how we communicate and what we offer and how we commit to those things. So let's jump in. Uh, how do you say no without saying no, but not saying yes either, <laughs> right? This is looking at non-committal. This is not an example of what I'm saying is a good way to do it. This is looking at examples of how people do this when they're being non-committal. Uh, sometimes you may say yes, and sometimes you may say no. But oftentimes, you may say no without using the word no because you feel maybe it's too negative or, you know, you don't want to seem like someone that, someone that doesn't want to help. And still, you can sound like you're saying yes without using the word yes, which can seem too binding. So, you know, you ever had someone when you ask them about something and they go, yes, as if it's a question? That's a non-committal, right? They're not really wanting to commit because they're not sure. They're trying to save face or whatever. That's when you need answers like these, and, and we'll use them, we all use them and we all receive them, right? We'll, we'll say things like this, and I, I'm saying we all need because I'm reading from what someone else has said on the matter. Uh, I'm not saying this is what I believe. I don't believe we need these things. I believe we use these things, but they're not necessarily good. So... Here are some phrases that you've probably heard people say, or that you've even said when regard, with regard to being non-committal. That should be fine. Sounds good, right? But what does that mean? That should be fine. That throws doubt. Think about it in a different scenario. If you're not sure if a phrase sounds committed enough, Think about it in a situation like this. Instead of that should be fine, let's let's take it to a car, a car dealership. You're at a used car dealership, uh, 
you want to buy a car, but you want to know that the car's in good shape. And so you're talking to the sales guy, and you say, or or woman, and you say, um, is this car reliable? And the person says something like, yeah, it should be pretty reliable. Sounds like a commitment, but is it? I, I would say no, because you're saying it, it should be reliable, which would say, I'm not entirely certain that it's reliable. And granted, there are fair situations, right? You may not know all the details, you may not know all the intricacies to be able to say absolutely certain with certainty that it should be fine. But in general, think about some sort of an example like that. Uh, to determine, am I being too vague or am I being committal in what I am saying to this person or these people? Another one that you've probably heard is, uh, or you've even said, is when someone says, hey, can you do this? And maybe it's something that you're not really, you're not really all that interested in doing or, or whatnot. You might say something like, I'll do my best. Sounds committal. But again, why would you feel the need to say that? What that implies is that you might also not do your best, or maybe at times you don't do your best. And so, again, this one seems like you're doing, like you're really doing your best, but really think about it here. Uh, this is something you'll probably hear people say at work, right? Let's face it, there's plenty of sweet yet useless things that people are trying to say that, that say they're doing their best, right? I'm also reminded of uh, Dane Cook, a comedian, when he talks about crying and that you latch onto a phrase like, I'll do, I did my best, right? But <laughs> anyways, that's another thing. So that's another example of where we say something that's not really committal. Because if you're at work and you say, I'll do my best, if I was your employer, I'd be like, well, why would you say that? Do you not always do your best? problem, right? <laughs> so it sounds good, but it really isn't a good thing. Uh, it's a wiggle thing that we may do, but it's not exactly the best thing to say. Or let's say someone offers for you to go do something with them, go hang out, and you, you hear a response like, why not? Why not? Is this a question? Are you asking me to convince you as to why you should not go with us? Or are you saying, eh, I guess, which is really what that tends to be, right? Eh, I guess. Why not statements can almost be like, yes, I'll say yes unless something better comes up. And then I'm going to do that instead and drop this on you. Uh, so it's not really commitment. It's kind of commitment, which is not commitment at all. <laughs> Another one that you've probably heard is, shouldn't be a problem. Again, it's not definitive. Shouldn't be a problem. Well, okay. So is it going to be a problem? No, it shouldn't be. Can you say for certain, is it going to be a problem? I don't think so. <laughs> you see how that doesn't really inspire confidence. Now, I'm, I'm cognizant of the fact that we do not live in a world where all variables are under our control. So I understand this. But in general, 
I would say it is not the best approach to take to be non-committal and vague as a general default in communication. If you're going to be vague, explain why you're vague. If you say something like, uh, you know, shouldn't be a problem, then explain why. The reason I say it shouldn't be a problem is that, you know, I don't know if this or this or this variable could come into play and I can't control that. And that person, even if they know that, can at least respond to that and understand why you're giving their vagueness. And then they can understand and go, oh, yeah, that's fine. I understand that, right? Or, yeah, that's a given. We get that that's out of your control. But communication, I, I tend to look at it this way. I think it's far better to uh, communicate more about what it is you're trying to say than less. Uh, I know people, especially these days, and some of the, uh, from what I've seen and read on studies and, and polls and stuff like that, it seems that with our more technologically connected generations, um, millennials to some extent, but I think really Gen Z, we see that more because they've really all grown up technology. You know, that's all they've known. I'm not saying... I'm not saying it is a bad thing, but what I'm saying is when all you've known is that's how you interact is you get on Instagram or other things, and maybe you'll hang out with friends. Granted, COVID doesn't really let you do that as much now. Um, what you tend to find is there's a, a difference there in interaction and commitments and communications that can happen. So at any rate, it's important to remember that as we communicate, we, we try to we try to be someone we can count on, someone we can trust. And communication should be as in-depth as it needs to be. This whole concept of like TLDR is really a bad idea in general, in my opinion. There are times where, you know, I know people can be exceedingly wordy. And I know I'm guilty of that too. But it's important to be as wordy as necessary. And sometimes I prefer to err on the side of too much than not enough. Finding that balance, that sweet spot, if you will, is, is a challenge. But that's my preference, and it's something that I would advocate for anyone. Better and more communication is probably better than less and poor communication. I think we can all agree on that. At any rate, uh, we are going to cut to a break, and we will be right back. Hey friends, just a quick moment to let you know, this show very much could use your support. So if you like this show and you enjoy listening in, then please consider going to anchor.fm forward slash Joseph hyphen Guzman hyphen MA. There, you can click on the support button and that will let you become a monthly supporter to the podcast ranging from anywhere to $0.99 a month, or $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. Obviously, if you would like to become a larger monthly supporter, or if you'd like to do a one-time gift to the show, you can click that other button that says Message and let me know. And as always, friends, I love hearing your hellos, so please continue to send those as well. Thank you for all of you that have supported us so far and that continue to support us now. Let's get back to the show.
friends, just want to do a real quick message to celebrate a couple of things. We have a new country in our community of Anything Goes, so hello to our friends in Greece. So glad to have you in the community. That brings us to, I believe, 20 or 21 countries uh, listening in and a part of the Anything Goes family. So very exciting. So glad to see this becoming an international family. The other thing I wanted to celebrate is, as of today, we are over the 2,300 download mark. We, we have, because of all of you, this podcast has had over 2,300 downloads of episodes. So thank you all so much for that. I just wanted to celebrate that. Hello again to our newest country listening in in Greece. And hello to all of you all over the world listening in. So glad to have you as part of the community. All right, let's get back to the show. And we're back. All right, friends. So continuing on with some of the discussion of examples of non-committal. Uh, another one that I think is uh, a common one we tend to use is, sounds good. Well, what does that really mean? Sounds good. It's really not a, an action, is it? You're not committing to anything. You're not saying you're going to do anything. It's just a statement. And now, again, I know I'm, uh, I'm seeming like I'm picking on all these phrases that we may use. But the reason I say this is not to say that there aren't times in which it may be the best we can offer in communication in a situation. Maybe we don't know enough information and so we can't really commit uh, much further than that, nor should we. I, I would never advocate for someone to commit without having a, a decent understanding of what they're getting into. But these are phrases that people tend to use a lot of times to wiggle out of situations or not to feel like they're having to be committed to something. And for some of us, if not many of us, it might be that we have an issue with commitment in general, whether our upbringing or some bad situations where we were burned and we committed to something, uh, or maybe we committed to helping someone and then they took advantage of the situation and took the credit and kind of left us in the lurch, stuff like that. Nonetheless, uh, we should try, again, as I've said, to not make it a default for us to be vague, but rather to be specific. So things like that should be fine, I'll do my best, why not, shouldn't be a problem, uh, you know, uh, sounds good, things like that. There are things we use to help ourselves feel better, but not always the uh, the best approach to take. And so I, I mention these because I want us to keep this in mind. Think about what you say, right? Do this small exercise anytime you are... Uh, well, actually, I won't say anytime you're in a situation, right? You may have to respond to something quickly. What I'll say is this. It's a good mental exercise to do with yourself when you can. Is to ask yourself something like, how committed can I be to this? How committed do I want to be to this? How can I convey that to the person or persons I am speaking with? Um, how can I help them understand where, why my level of commitment is where it is, if it's even questioned at all? 
If you can ask yourself some of these questions, you can really get yourself to a place of being more honest. There's nothing wrong with not really wanting to be as committed as someone wants you to be committed on situations. I have that happen in my life. There are people I know who um, would love for me to do more for what they want to do. Um, they have some idea they come up with and they're like, hey, you know, you should do this with me. Well, as, as the phrase that I learned from another podcast I listened to called The God Journey, um, he says, don't should on me. That's a phrase he says, don't should, S-H-O-U-L-D, on me. And that's something that we tend to see, right? But there's, there's, a, there's an importance in that, right? Is that we need to be able to stand honestly on what we communicate and why. And people may not always like our, our level of commitment. They may want us to do more. Or they may try to push for us to do more. Or they may try to use things like, but you're so good at this. Can't you, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank with whatever they want you to do? You have to stand true. You have to stand strong on what you believe and why. And you have to be committed to committal communication. <laughs> uh, I know that sounds redundant, but it's, it's the truth of it. You have to be able to commit to what you're saying, even if it's not always popular. And friends, let me tell you, uh, I've, been, I've been the person I have been all my life. And uh, I have been picked on. I have been called all kinds of things, many times common things because I'm not the person someone expects me to be or wants me to be or I don't fit in in the ways that they are trying to make me to fit in. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all, we all are unique expressions of life on this planet. Uh, we all have commonalities for sure, but each of us are unique beings. And so that being the case, what I would say is just keep that in mind. Communicate honestly. Uh, there's a, a phrase in, um, in the Christian scriptures in the Bible that says, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And anything beyond that is from the evil one right now. I'm not trying to get all spiritual with you guys here, but what I'm saying is essentially, this is a principle that says, you know, say what you mean to say, right? Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And anything beyond that will replace evil with just saying is deceptive, right? And that's what non-committal is. It's deceptive. You may not be meaning to be maliciously deceptive, but that's what that is. If I say, hey, um, my car broke down and I call you, right? Now, my car broke down. I'm stuck on the freeway. I don't have any cash. I don't have my pay. I haven't been paid yet for my paycheck, right? If I was getting a salary or something, um, can you come and help me with some gas, please? If, if I call with that, what you don't want to say is, yeah, sure, I can probably do that. That's not going to help me, right? I need to know you're either going to be able to help me or you're not, because if you can't, then I need to call someone else. <laughs> um, and so we want to make sure that we're being honest. And if you can't, just being able to say, oh, man, I'm so sorry, I can't help you. Um, I'm busy, you know, I've got the kids with me or, or whatever it is that's going on that's a legitimate thing. It's tough. 
And I, and I acknowledge that. I know it's tough to be this kind of level of communication because it forces you to have to face and face things and be honest and and it puts you in situations where people may not be happy with your answer. But friends, let me tell you, if you have not lived on this planet long enough, you will eventually realize you can't make everyone happy. Uh, it, you can't even make probably 50% of the world happy. Maybe once in a while you might be able to in your life, right? Statistically, there might be a chance that you can do that at least a couple of times in life where you can make even half of the world happy for a moment. <laughs> but friends, uh, it's just not a realistic uh, goal to think that you can make everyone happy. Um, and communication is a challenging thing, but it's such an important thing. It's, it's our best way of being able to accomplish life together. Meaningful, respectful, honest communication. And that's uh, it's something that seems to be a dying art in some places and in some cases. Uh, case in point, I would say, is looking at American politics. You very much so can see that, especially over the last few years. We saw how divisive communication is and how noncommittal it is. It's almost, it's almost a given. It's almost what you expect when you think about politicians in the U.S. at least. You tend to typically associate that with uh, vague responses, circular uh, logic, things that really are vague and noncommittal on purpose. And so it's kind of a great example to show, sadly, but a, but a great example to show of what vague and non-committal communication looks like and why it's not helpful, why it's frustrating and damaging to a lot of people. Um, and that's also perhaps why there's not as much trust to some extent, is if you can't trust what the person's saying, then how can you trust anything else? But I digress, not trying to get all political here. So, friends, keep that in mind. As you go forward in life, make a commitment to yourself to communicate more effectively, to communicate clearly, to let the chips fall as they may, but stand true to what you say. Let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. Simple as that. Now, I know that seems very... Uh, bipolar, or no, that's not the, really the time, the right word there, sorry, uh, polarized, uh, too black and white, yeah, we'll go with that, too black and white, because the reality of it is life is more gray than it is black and white, many things are much more unclear than they are clear, and so I acknowledge that there are times in which we can only give so much of a committal answer because it's only as much as we know or are capable of handling, and I get that. But as I've said before, in general, don't default to vague and non-committal communication. It's not a good practice. And we will finish up on this right after this break. All right, friends, we are back. So just kind of summarizing the last two episodes, meaning this one and the previous, we were looking at vague and non-committal communication and why it's important to be clear and concise and how non-committal and vague communication can be problematic and some of the examples of things that you might hear that are uh, that we would 
regularly here in regard to that. Sorry, I had a little bit of a, a brain skip there. Um, so to review, in the previous episode I talked about specific things that you can do with regard to that, right, with committal communication. And those are to be specific in your offers of help, right? Be specific, be clear, be understood. Let your yes be yes. Don't force your help on the other person or persons. If they say no, then that's fine. Accept that and don't take it personally. Don't be all um, begrudging about it. And if they have to come back to you later on and realize they do need your help, even though they said they didn't, and you still can help, be committal and be kind about it. Furthermore, only offer help that you can actually do. Nothing worse than saying you're going to help someone and then you can't do it. Uh, because now they're relying on you and then your reliability is, you know, less than satisfactory, we'll say. Don't assume that you know what's best for them. Let your ears be your guide and not your mouth as much. Keep your emotions in check. Be calm. Listen and go off of the prompts of what they're saying and how you choose to help them and what you offer based on what they're saying, not what you think they need. <coughs> Pardon me. Obviously, with that, the caveat being, unless you think the person is going to harm themselves or others, in which case you should step in, even if they didn't ask for your help, because we're trying to protect life at that point. So that's the one caveat. Remember that small, thoughtful gestures go a long way. Don't worry about how big and grandiose your gesture of kindness is. You shouldn't be focused on that as the motivator. Do what you can do. And don't feel bad if the person needs, you know, $2,000 and you can offer 20 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever. Offer what you can offer. They know that they can count on you and they know that you're you're one that's going to follow through with what you say you're going to do. If they say they need help, be like, "I can't I can't offer 2,000. I don't have that, but here. I can give you 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever it is." Um, towards that. It may not solve the problem, but at least it's helpful. Uh, and so Keep to that. Also, be someone that they can trust. In other words, if they come to you with something, don't go talking to everyone else about it. Unless they've told you it's okay, don't share it. And that's really important in anything, not just when someone's in need of help. But as a common practice I have, if someone shares information, like contact information with me, email, phone number, I don't pass that along to anyone unless I have their permission. And that's just... To me, that's just common courtesy, it's respectful, and, you know, it's protecting their identity. It's protecting their information, their personal information, because they're trusting you with that, just as, you know, you're trusting them with yours. So be someone that they can trust. Uh, listen more than you talk. As I said before, right, you have two ears and one mouth, so you should be listening twice as much as you're talking. <laughs> Uh, so make sure you're doing that. Let your, your ears be the guide on how you help that person. Let what they're saying navigate what you offer or where you go from there instead of what you just are waiting to say next. Um, in, in other words, proactive listening. And certainly, lastly, but not 
least is help them to see a brighter future. Help them to understand that while things may be difficult or if, you know, if it's at work and there's a, a tough time at work, the company's going through some rough stuff, do what you can do, but also be a voice of positivity and, and optimism. It's tough to do at times, and believe me, I understand that. But helping people see a brighter future um, does many things in regard to your relationship, your trust, your connection to that person, um, your future in a company perhaps or in a job. Uh, not naively optimistic, right? I'm not saying that. But there's always a means by which you can find some sort of positivity. Almost always. There are some dire, dire situations. But even in that, you could probably find something. Uh, so be that, that, help them see that brighter future. And certainly, try to avoid non-committal communication, things that we tend to say. That should be fine. I'll do my best. Why not? Shouldn't be a problem. Uh, sounds good. I guess so. Those are those and many more are examples of non-committal, right? Vague communication. Things that really don't help anyone. And so don't don't be that. Don't do that. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. I'm just suggesting things that I know have tended to be. Uh, good and, and true for my life and for others. And we're all going to mess up. You know, you've heard me say that many times throughout the episodes. We all mess up. We all have our flaws. We all have rough days. So, you know, you're not always going to get it right. But to the extent that you practice it and to the frequency that you practice it is to the extent that you make it a habit and it becomes more of a default. And getting okay with those difficult communications when you're having to be honest about your commitment. Be okay with that. Get comfortable with it. And the only way that's going to happen is to do it. And to do it many times. To do it over and over again. It's just like going to the gym or something like that, right? If you want to get stronger, you have things you have to do. Uh, and then there's bad habits as well. So... Let's, let's commit to that for the sake of our lives, our own peace of mind and happiness, and those around us. Be kind in your communication by being concise and honest, by being committal with what you offer, being committed to what you offer. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say you can't do something, then, you know, so be it. Granted, I will say, if you say you can't do something and then you realize you can, I think more people are probably happier to hear that. But if you say you're going to do something and then you say you can't, you need to have a very strong reason as to why you can't. Otherwise, it can really be a troubling trust problem. Um, yeah. So with all of that said, friends, um, I hope that you can understand that communication is a very important thing. It's a very sacred thing, uh, or at least it, it really should be, because it's the only way by which we as human beings can move forward together. It's the only way by which we can live together um, in a positive way. Uh, I, I, perhaps I'm, I'm vague in some, or not vague, but um, naive, I should say, in some of this, but I still hold out hope that in any situation, it is possible when all parties involved 
commit to honesty and commit to respect, that it's possible for issues to be resolved in an amicable way. Um, granted, that, that also means a commitment to a certain value of life and respect to life and respect of people, even people that you may not agree with, especially people you may not agree with. Um, but it's an important practice to do. And so I challenge you and I hope that you will take in these things and consider them and really be honest with yourself about where you stand with that in life. And perhaps there's change you can do. I certainly know there is for me. I'm not saying this from having reached oneness, if you will, with all of this. I'm still a work in progress, as we all are. Well, friends, as always, I enjoy going on these journeys with you in thought and what's happening in our world, whether entertaining or educational or whatnot. Uh, I'm so glad to have you all on the journey. Uh, I'm thankful to see this, communica or this community continue to grow across the globe. Um, so thankful for the continued listenership. Um, and I invite you once again, if you can financially help us, uh, go to anchor.fm forward slash joseph hyphen guzman hyphen ma. Click on that support button and become a monthly supporter of the podcast or send me a message if you want to do something larger. Um, as always, so glad to have you all here. Stay kind to yourself. Be good to yourself and your body. You only have one. Uh, be good to those around you. Be kind to those around you in every little way that you can think of to do so, in as much as you are able. Be kind to yourself. And uh, continue, continue to be curious and uh, optimistic about the world. It's the only way we make it better. Things can be tough, but thinking that nothing is ever going to get better certainly makes it tougher. So as always, friends, stay curious, stay kind, be good to yourself. And until next time, have a wonderful day or evening wherever you are. My prayers and thoughts are with you, friends. Much love. Bye-bye.